night. together what a wonderful change what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart I have lied in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart Floods of joy o'er my soul Like the sea billows roll Since Jesus came into my heart I have ceased from my wandering and going astray Since Jesus came into my heart and my sins, which were many, are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. How many of you, the Lord Jesus lives in your heart, amen? Aren't you glad for that? I want you to fellowship, then I want you to sing that a little bit better and sing like you believe it, amen? Let's turn around and shake hands and fellowship one with another. Welcome our visitors. I know since Jesus came into my heart 
And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Floods of joy o'er my soul Like the sea billows since Jesus came into my heart. Let's remain stand for a word of prayer. Good to have all of you with us tonight. Those that are visiting, we're glad that you're here. And let's just open our hearts up and let's let this midweek service uh, be just what we need in the middle of the week. I remember uh, preacher, I think it's my pastor, used to always talk about the midweek service was a filling station in the middle of the week kind of get running low but Wednesday and so you come to the house of God to get refilled so let's pray the Lord to work in our hearts tonight and move in our lives and just glorify the Lord Peter Denise you lead us in prayer if you would please yes yes Yes, Lord. Yes. 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 Amen. Let's continue to sing. You can be seated. 465, I believe. 465. My Savior, first of all. Get you a book, though, and let's sing. Everyone ready? When my life's work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when that bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side, and His smile will be the first to welcome me. I shall know Him, I shall know Him, and redeemed by His side, shall stand I shall know him I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hands verse number two oh the soul thrilling rapture when I view his blessed face and the luster of his kindly beaming eye how my full heart will praise him for the mercy loving grace that prepare me for a mansion in the sky. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him, I shall know him, by the print of the nails in his hand. 
Through the gates to the city in a robe of spotless white, he will lead me where no tears will ever fall. In the glad song of ages I shall mingle with delight, but I long to meet my Savior first of all. I shall know him, I shall know him, and redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him, I shall know him, by the print of the nails in his hands. Same page, 466. It will be worth Appreciate Kim filling in for us tonight. Rick was uh, running a little bit late, so appreciate Kim jumping in and helping us out. He always does. Appreciate Kim. I love his tie tonight, don't you? Beautiful. It's one of them Rush Limbaugh ties. Amen. Appreciate Kim. Let's let Rushers come forward to receive her offering. And uh, let me remind you, everything you give tonight is going to the Bible Conference, and we are just weeks away, and uh, they're already calling, making reservations, and and over the past couple of years, we've had uh, uh, preachers from 11 states one year, 13 states, uh, to visit us during the conference. And uh, it's just a blessing to have them. We're a blessing to them. They're a blessing to us. But your giving on Wednesday night through this year has gone to provide the lodging that uh, we provide for the many, many guests that come in. And as I have so often explained, many of them could not come if it were not for your generosity and bearing the expense of providing meals for them through the day and even to bearing the expense of their motel rooms and different things. And uh, so I appreciate your generosity. I want you to give, and everything that you're giving is going to the expense of taking care of the motels and, and uh, everything that will come in during the conference will go to provide love offerings for those that will be with us this year. But uh, I'm looking forward to the conference, just, uh, as I said, just a few weeks away. Talk to Brother Tom today. Our theme this year will be by my spirit, based upon not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. And I just feel in my heart that's exactly what the Lord is wanting for us. I'm looking forward to it. But I want you to, as many of you have been praying, and I know Brother Peter prayed for the conference a moment ago. I want you to pray for it every time you pray and lift it up. And for the preachers that will be coming in, a few weeks we'll be giving you the names of those that are coming in so you can begin to pray for them. But let's just pray for the meeting. Let's pray that it'll be a glorious, glorious week in the Word of God. And I believe we're going to have everything done out front. They've just got a few things out here, and then they're really going to start zipping along. And I think they're going to set steel tomorrow for the drive through out here and uh, talk like they'd have the roofing up on it or the top part there, whatever you call that, by the weekend. 
and, uh, and then the glass front goes in the out here in the middle section and as soon as that goes in then it's I mean it moves and it'd be finishing up and whatever like that so over the next couple of weeks uh, you're really going to see how things are taking shape but uh, they are working hard to get it done by September the 1st and so I appreciate uh, their dedication to it and their uh, helping us so we can have all that done by the conference but uh, it's exciting every time you come in and see something different going on and all the things going on amen I'm at least I'm excited I hope that you are you better be you got to pay for it so you better get excited about it amen and I appreciate the way you've given let's pray now let, let me just say this uh, today or tomorrow I should say is Irene Touchstone's birthday right over here is Irene and I am not going to tell you how old she is she don't anybody know it's her 86th birthday so I'm not going to say anything about her age just won't say we love Irene and happy birthday to her let's show our love to Irene Touchstone <laughs> she's a blessing Irene is one of the best when it comes to sending cards and I doubt there are few of you here that have not received a card from her at one time or another and we say happy birthday to her let's pray and you give tonight everything goes to the conference so you give generously father thank you now for the privilege you've been able to give and father as we give tonight we give in order to be a blessing to others and Lord our giving is a ministry to others and I don't know of anything we do through the year Lord, that has any more impact than what we do in our giving tonight and providing lodging for preachers to come in and, and to be here for a week and to be refreshed and then go back to their churches and ministries stir, with stirred hearts. Lord, I thank you for how the folks have given through the years and made it possible for us to have this ministry among so many preachers and friends and different ones. Even now, we begin to pray for each one that will be coming in. Brother Tom, for the special music and all the different ones that will be here all throughout the week and different times in the conference. And for us, Lord, we pray that you'll give us a special time. And I pray that the Spirit of God would just anoint the meeting. It'll be a glorious, glorious week as we meet with you. So bless the giving tonight. Bless those who do the giving. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, it's good to have me and my couple of my boys with me to sing with me tonight. In Sunday school, we've been uh, through a small series that talks about arrows and arches, and it really kind of touched my heart talking about how to build strong uh, uh, children and to grow up to have some standards about them and uh, some stick with them about them, and that's what I want when my I'm gone. And after we climbed a mountain we went through this week, my boys probably said, Dad, it won't be much longer before you're gone either. Couldn't hardly walk after we got through, but when I'm gone, I want them to continue on and do, you know, and love the Lord and to be a, a witness for people around them and, and hopefully make a difference. This song right here has been around for a long time, and it's an old one, but it says, He touched me and he made me whole. see him at home. <laughs>
twin boys are no longer little twin boys are they you enjoyed that say amen was that me Kevin or or something else take your Bible and turn to Psalm 85 Psalm 85 and I want us to look at a very familiar verse of Scripture it's a verse of Scripture that I have used countless times but in the past couple of weeks the Lord is really drawn my heart to this one verse of scripture and of course our theme in the fall is let's have a fall revival as I thought about having a fall revival we were not talking about just a meeting but the spirit that we wanted to see in the church and the spirit that we wanted to see created and given birth to over the next couple of months but as I thought about this verse of scripture and began to dwell upon it and just so many things I just thought about it and dealt with it and let it work in my heart and I'm gonna be right honest with you I'm gonna make a confession to you uh, I need revival I I think I've realized more in the past couple of weeks how much I need revival I'm not talking about you I'm talking about myself I need revival I've been as dead as Specker would and I want God to do something in my heart I want God to give me a revival and I know that many of you do but I want us to look at this verse, and I want us to think tonight about simply revive us again. Revive us again. Would you stand, and let's read the entire psalm, because I think many times we read that one verse, and we ignore the context. But I want us to read the entire psalm, Psalm 85. And I want you to let God open your hearts tonight. Let God speak to you about the matter of revival. Verse 1 said, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. I am told that word Selah is a lot like a musical rest. But it's placed there and the ideal is to stop for just a moment and think about what you've said, what you've read, what you've heard. Verse 3, Thou hast taken away thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth. And righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. Thank you. you may be seated. Verse 6 tells us the, the question of the prayer is prayed, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Let's pray. Father, tonight in Jesus' name, 
I come to you, and Lord, I confess my need for revival. And Father, you have made me aware in recent days of my need for revival. And Father, you have made me aware of needs in my life because of this one verse of Scripture. I pray tonight that as we try to understand this verse and to break it down and to consider what is being said, I pray that the blessed Holy Ghost of God will speak to us and the Spirit of God will give us a word tonight. Touch the heart of every believer in this room and I pray that you would start something even tonight. Lord, help us to see ourselves. Help us to see our condition. Help us, Lord, to recognize our need tonight. For, Lord, we'll never be helped of you until we, first of all, realize that we need help. And we'll never be helped of you until, first of all, we realize where we need help. So, Father, help us tonight to see where we need help. So speak to us now, and we'll thank you and praise you because it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I think about the matter of revival... I am aware tonight that I have never had the opportunity of ever seeing or being a part of a national revival. I have never had the opportunity or had the privilege of being a part of a regional revival. And when I say a national revival, I'm talking about when a whole nation is in the grip of revival. And when I talk about a regional revival, I'm talking about when a region, a city, an area is in the grip of revival. I want to see a national revival. And I believe that the only hope for this country is a national revival. I believe I'd like to see a regional revival. I'd like to see this area around here in the grip of a mighty working of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Not just us. I mean, listen, I, I don't want it just for us, but I hope every church in this area catches something. I don't care where it starts. If it's of God, it'll spread over to every one of us. So it don't matter if it starts here or starts somewhere else. I just like to see it get started. Amen. But I'd like to see a regional revival. But I've never seen a national revival. I've never been a part of a regional revival. But on the other hand, I can honestly say tonight that I have seen and been a part of a revival in a church and among a people. I think about the church that I got saved in back in 1972, and I got saved in a church that was having revival. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not talking about just a spirit of uh, things being worked out. I'm talking about a real revival. I got saved in a church that was in the throes of revival. I got saved in a church that was experiencing revival. That's why I find it very difficult to ever get complacent. It's like someone said, if you've ever one time been in a fire, you'll never be happy in the smoke. And that's why I can't ever get satisfied. That's why I can't get satisfied with where we are. I can't get satisfied with what we've done. That's why I'm always driven to do more. That's why I want us to see more here at Temple Baptist. We've got a lot. We thank God for it. But I can't be comfortable with where we are and where we've got. I want to see more. And the reason is I got born in revival. It was in a moving of God and a working of the Spirit of God that I was born in the family of God. I think about those days in that church in the mountains of North Carolina and where God was working. And, and they were all over the mountains of western North Carolina at that time. There were little pockets of where God was doing unusual things. And a lot of preachers, many, many pastors that are serving in churches now got saved during the 1970s, 71, 72. Brother Tom Hayes, it's here. Uh, that was the time when God got a hold of his life down in Saluda, North Carolina. But all up and down western North Carolina, there were pockets in which God was doing things. 
and the mountains where I was saved and where I was born in the family of God, God had graciously visited our church and people were getting saved and things were happening. In fact, if I, if I started telling some of the things that I saw as a new convert and the kind of atmosphere that I was in, I know many of you think I'd be exaggerating. And many of you would think I'd just be stretching a little bit and just kind of, you know, making a little bigger than what it was. But I'll say this much. I was in revival. I got born in the family of God in a church that was having revival. And because I was saved in revival, then it's, it's kind of clouded this matter of just being ordinary for the rest of my life. Because if you're ever born in the fire, ever been in the fire, you'll never be happy in the smoke. You'll always want to be back in the glory. And you'll always want to be back where God is doing something unusual. I'm talking about revival. Well, the scripture here talks about revival. I want to see revival. I need revival. And some of you need revival. So let's let God talk to us tonight. I point out three things from the scripture tonight about revival. The first one is this. I want you to notice the source for revival. The source for revival. Look at Psalm 85. Notice verse 6 again. The Bible said, Wilt thou, put brackets around thou, wilt thou not revive us again that thy, put brackets around thy people may rejoice in thee. The thou in verse 6 and the thy in verse 6 is the source of revival. Who is thou? Who is thy? As implied in, in verse 6 here, it is none other than God himself. Now you listen to me carefully tonight. Revival comes from God. God is the only place revival can come from. Revival will not come from just pumping things up. Revival will not come from just having big names in. We can get all the big names in, Dr. So-and-so, this, that, and the other. But Dr. So-and-so is not going to bring us revival. We'd have all the great quartets to come in, and I enjoy good music, and we'd have a great time of singing and a great time of music, and we'd enjoy the atmosphere. But a quartet is not going to bring revival. Getting people excited is not going to bring revival. I want to tell you something. The only place revival can come from is from God. God is the source of revival. Now, when I think about God being the source of revival, I think of two things. One, I think about how God's power is the igniter of revival. God's power is the igniter of revival. When I'm talking about revival, I'm talking about what happens when the power of God is made known. When I'm talking about revival, I'm talking about what occurs and what gets started when God's power is manifested in a place, when the power of God is unleashed, when the power of God is manifested, when the power of God is demonstrated, when God's power is at work, that's when revival comes. And revival will not come unless God's power is coming. See, God's, see revival is not a promotion. It is God's power. Revival is not a weak it is a work of God. Revival is not a meeting. It is a moving of God. And revival will never come until God comes. And revival will never get started until the power of God is made known among His people. There will be no revival without God's power. Second of all, I am reminded that not only is God's power the igniter of revival, but God's presence is the inspiration of revival. There's something glorious about being in revival. There's something joyful about being in revival. There's something magnificent about being in a revival. You know why it is? Because God's presence is real. I'm, not, I'm talking about when the power of God comes and the power of God is revealed 
And the power of God is demonstrated. And when revival comes, the presence of God will be real. I'm going to tell you something. There is no glory like getting in the presence of God. I mean, we're running around dipping our toe in the water talking about how good it is. I'm going to tell you something. If we ever got out there like Ezekiel to where we were blowing bubbles, water is over our head, and we got in the presence of God, you're talking about glory. You're talking about something wonderful. You're talking about something exciting. There is nothing like being in the presence of God. I mean, when you get in God's presence, you don't have to work something up. It just happens. I'm talking about God doing something in your life. Revival, the source of revival, it comes from God. And when we understand that the source of revival comes from God, then we realize that He's the one we've got to be seeking. He's the one we've got to be turning to. He's the one we've got to be trusting in. He's the one we've got to be looking to, seeking, seeking God. Realizing, I don't care what we do around here. Thank God for every ministry. Thank God for every program. Thank God for every class. Thank God for everything we're trying to do. But none of those are where the revival comes from. We can multiply our ministries and multiply our programs and try to have everything. And our goal is that we're constantly doing things here to meet needs in your life and to minister to you and develop programs where you always have a source to turn to, to grow in your Christian life. But revival, the source of revival is God himself. And we have to turn to God for revival. Can I get an amen there? Source of revival. The second thing I want you to notice, and that is the subjects of revival. The subjects of revival. Look at Psalm 85, 6 again. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Who is the us? Who is the people that is referred to here? I want to say this. Let me say this by way of introduction. That revival, and I want you, don't want you to misunderstand this, but I want you to listen carefully. Revival is not getting sinners saved. That's not revival. Though sinners will get saved when revival comes. But revival is not getting sinners saved. Revival is getting saints right. Can I get an amen there? You get a saint right, then you'll get a sinner saved. But revival is getting the saints right. Now what do we mean when he talks about revival? Revive us, thy people. Who are the subjects of revival? Well, first of all, I am reminded that they are a people with a spiritual conversion. It is thy people. Who is thy? Again, it's God, the source of revival. So when we're talking about the subjects of revival, we're talking about people that know God. There's been a time in their life they've experienced the converting power of God. They're God's children, God's people. That's what revival's all about. That's who revival involves. It involves those that are saved. It is people that have experienced a spiritual conversion. Those that know God, they have been saved. But second of all, you look at our text, it's not only a people with a spiritual conversion, but a people in a sad condition. Now, this is a saved person. This is God's people, thy people. But they're in a sad condition. For you notice again, he said, Wilt thou not revive us again? I underscore the word revive for just a moment. That is why I say it's a people in a sad condition. The very fact that there is a need for revival implies there's a problem. And a revival suggests there's a need. And to say that we need revival, when I say that I need revival, right here is exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm fixing to say to you is describing what I'm confessing to you. And it's talking about a need in our life. The word revive that is used here, most of the time, if you were to take the word that is translated revive in verse 6, and find that word, and however it's translated throughout the Bible, you'll find that the majority of the times it is translated lived or lived. 
such as the Bible says in Genesis 5, 3, that Adam lived and it named the, enlisted the number of years that he lived. It lived. Enoch lived. Abraham lived. Sarah lived on and on through those genealogies, on and on through the book of Genesis, through the Bible. You'll find that it talks about those who lived and then they died. The word lived, such as Genesis 5, 3, and Adam lived, is the same word translated revive in Psalm 85, verse 6. The word literally means to live, to make alive, to quicken, to restore to life. Now, when you're talking about revival... You're implying that there is a sad condition that exists. That you, you, you put it in a nutshell. You know what it means to be revived? You know why, why we need revived? To put it simply this way, it means we're dead spiritually. When we talk about revival, we're talking about the dead being made alive again. Like Genesis 45. Mark your place for a moment and turn to Genesis 45. And you find the same word. In Genesis 45, but you find it used in a context that had to do with a physical meeting of needs or a physical revival, but you get the idea. Genesis chapter 45, and notice verse 27. You know the story how uh, Abraham, or rather Jacob, how he thought Joseph, his son, was dead. But then he had, Joseph had made himself known to his brothers, and so he sent wagons and different things like that to to his father to let him know that he was alive. Genesis 45, 27, And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Or if you were to use another word, the spirit of their father, Jacob, lived. It's like Jacob. His heart had been crushed. It's like he'd lost all desire to live. His boy Joseph had died. His spirit was broken. His heart was crushed. And I can see Jacob as he lived from day to day. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Just sitting in a tent door, staring off in the distance. No energy in life. No desire in life. Just sitting around, dying every day. But then he got those wagons. And when he got those words of Joseph and he got those wagons there, it's like his whole spirit just was alive again. He had a reason to live. He'd been made alive. Now that's revival. It's we're dead. And when we're dead, when we've lost that joy and we've lost our happiness and we've lost our victory and we no longer have that life within us, we become spiritually dead. That's why we need revival. We need reviving. Can I get an amen there? I think about, listen, I'm a, I know a preacher's not supposed to watch TV, but I'm not your normal preacher. I, I sin in a lot of ways. And, uh, but I'll tell you something. I, I go home, I, I have to confess to you, I'm a Fox News Channel 59 junkie. I really am. i got to watch Fox News as soon as I come in the door. Turn it on, see what's going on. I don't even watch CNN. It gets so mad. And watching them liberals over there, I, I, well, I won't get off on that. But anyway, I'm a Fox News junkie. And one of the things, I, when I go to bed at night, use this what I watch. I love those programs called the FBI Files. You ever watch those? The FBI Files and the new FBI Files and the solving of the murders. I told my wife one day, I've watched so many crimes and how they solve the murders. I believe I can get away with murder. I've done learn the mistakes everybody's ever committed. Now, Sherry and him, I used to go to bed set the 
timer on it and go to sleep listening to them solving crimes. I like that kind of stuff. Cop shows and, and those uh, uh, paramedic shows and whatever there. Now, Sherry and the kids, they always like to watch those operations. And I hate to watch those things. I come in, fix me a big sandwich, bologna and cheese and tomatoes and, and all that kind of stuff and trot down the den and there's somebody with their eyeball laid open and whatever. You know, it just kind of has a way of ruining your appetite. I'll be flipping through and there'll be somebody there and they've got their belly laid open, operated on. Sherry says, stop just a minute. Stop and watch that. I don't watch that. I like those crime shows and things like that. But I remember I was watching one night and they were chasing this fella. And he was a rather large fella and I was watching it. And they chased him and run him down. And when they finally caught him, he collapsed on the ground. And uh, so they realized there was a problem. So the paramedics come running in and they started getting CPR and mouth to mouth and all this kind of thing trying to uh, bring him back. Apparently he had a heart attack and his heart had quit and whatever. Well, they drug out this box and got out these two paddles and they rubbed them things together and one of them said, clear! And they took those two paddles and hit that old boy on the chest and he bounced about six inches off the ground. And that little old thing, you see a little old dot, it jumped a couple times and straight lined again and this fellow hollered again. And he hollered some kind of numbers and whatever. And then he hollered, clear. And they hit him again. And that old boy bounced on the ground. And that little dot started going up. Now, you know what happened to him? He got revived. I'm going to tell you what some of us need. We need the Holy Ghost to put his paddles to our heart and give us a charge and revive us. We've been dead, lifeless, lost that glory lost that joy, lost that power in our life. We need God to pin us down on the ground somewhere and shock the living daylights out of us and revive us again. That's what I'm talking about, revival. Look at Psalm 85. Look at the whole psalm here. Look at how he talks about Verse 1, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity. Revival's bringing us back. Verse 2, thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Revival's getting right with God. Verse 3, his wrath is turned away. Where we've been walking in a pitiful condition that God would judge. Now he's given us mercy. And he's no longer angry with us in verse 5. He's reviving us in verse 7 or verse 6 and showing his mercy in verse 7. God's talking to us again in verse 8. His salvation is nigh in verse 9. Mercy as experienced in verse 10. Truth is springing up. Righteousness is looking down from heaven. God has been good to us in verse 12. And righteousness is going before him. You see what's happening? We were dead. Revival's when you get to a condition that you've just lost that life. But God somewhere revives you from that dead condition and gives you life again. I don't know about you, but that's what I want him to do in my heart. Revival. Are you with me tonight? Say amen. It is the subjects of revival. I think the hardest thing in the world is to admit that we're dead. But I'll tell you how you know you're dead. Look at the third and the final thing of revival. Not only do you see the source of revival and the subjects of revival, but look at the spirit of revival. Notice the verse 6 again. He said, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? There's a spirit here he's talking about. Not the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking about just an atmosphere that is created when revival comes. You can't help it. When God comes in and the power of God is made known and the presence of God is real, it'll create a certain spirit. For example, you notice two things that happens. One, 
Rejoicing is produced by revival. That thy people may rejoice. Did you get that? Look at it again. I know that bothers some of you, but look at it again, verse 6. Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Now, I know a lot of folks don't really get excited. And a lot of folks really, you know, they think, oh, listen to me. I want to go to church, and I want to go over there and just, I want to sit there reverent. And I want to just sit there and be quiet, and I want to be able to meditate upon the hymns that are being sung. And I just want to close my eyes, and I just want everything to be quiet so I can just think about God and just worship and whatever. I just like that reverent atmosphere. I do what? This, that, I tell you, it'd be a good place for you to go do that. That's out the cemetery. You can't get any quieter out there. But it's dead. I'm going to tell you something. You, you, you may not like emotions. I, it, 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 shouting and praising God and rejoicing, don't bother me. I get bothered when it's not around. Because I'm going to tell you something. You get in the midst of revival. You get in a place where the power of God's been made known. And the presence of God's been real. I'm going to tell you something. You will lose your dignity. You'll get over your deadness. You'll forget your pride. But brother Ken, that's not me. That's not you till you get in revival. You get in revival. It's amazing what you'll do. Say amen. I'm talking about rejoicing. I'm talking about life. When God moves in in revival, it produces life in the midst of the... I, I like to hear people with those runaway testimonies. I'm talking about when the brakes burn out. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody gets up and they say, Brother Ken, can I say a word? And I say, go right ahead, Brother Ken. Oh, God's been so good to me. God saved my soul. And more I think about, Brother Ken, God's been better to me than anybody else. And God's been so good to me. He saved me. I don't have to go to hell. And before you know it, they've lost their brakes. They burn out and off they go. Just talking about how good God's been to them. That's a runaway testimony. You say, I'd never do that. You ever get right slam in the middle of the power of God and the presence of God and God's glory gets in your soul, you'll start rejoicing and you'll get happy in God and you'll begin to praise God. Amen? I'm just waiting. Listen, I tell you what, I know my motives. I, I, I know my motives got to be right to have revival. It's got to be for God's glory alone. Lord, you know my heart. I want revival for your glory. But dear God, I do have an ulterior motive and want revival. And that's I want to see some of you deadheads get up and get in the glory one time. Amen? I like to see some of you. If, if, some of you, if you was to raise your hand in service and worship, I believe your arm would break off. I honestly believe it. And you, when I say, will you say amen right there? And you kind of got used to it. Amen. You just, you're going to say it in such a way that the person beside you don't say it. But I hope somewhere it gets on you so good. I mean, before you even realize what you've done, that you jump slam up out of your seat, and you have just hollered, glory to God. Say, that's not me. It needs to be you. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about revival, rejoicing. Whenever, pray, whenever God's power comes and the presence of God comes, rejoicing is always produced. Rejoicing is always characteristic of revival. Why? You were once dead. 
You didn't have any joy. You didn't have any life. You didn't have any peace. But now you've been made alive. The Holy Ghost has come and shocked you back into life again. And there's a joy in your heart. I was going to Charleston, South Carolina. I got to drifting back through the years. And I got to thinking about the early days. And I was thinking as I was going down there, uh, as I was driving down, I got to thinking about who would have ever dreamed? I, I would have never dreamed I'd be going to Charleston, South Carolina to preach or going here to preach. And I was just kind of meditating and worshiping my soul, how God, how good God had been to me through the years. And I got to remembering back when it first started. And when we first got started serving God and whatever. And I'm going to be honest with you, uh, I'm, I'm a very, very dignified person now. I really am. Don't you agree? I'm very dignified. Very polished. Very just, every, I'm meticulous. I'm, that's the kind of person I am. Wouldn't you agree with that? But when I first started, listen, me and all them boys, we was wild as buck rabbits. We really were. I mean, we'd go to church early. We're 16, 17 years old, no prayer room back here in the building. And we'd get back here and we'd get to, get to praying. And we'd get to praying back there, and it wouldn't be long, the glory of God falling in that old prayer room. And there's an old side door on the side of that old building. And we'd go out in the road in town and stand right out in the road and shout. I mean, we was wild as buck rabbits. You go into services. We'd get up on the pews and just shout and holler like Comanche Indians. And I was thinking about that, and I thought to myself, what's the matter? What happened? What happened through the years? I got to thinking about what, what really happened. And I began to realize it wasn't I got. I, I matured some. Yes, we all mature. And we grow up and use some of that youthful enthusiasm and whatever. But I, I got thinking the whole bottom line is I just died. And it's not, it's not something you got to work up. We did it because something was going on in here. We were getting blessed. It was a channel open to glory and God was blessing our hearts and we couldn't help sometimes act the way we did. I mean, God, we, we'd just been saved out of the gutter. God had pulled us out of sinful lives and every day we were running into something new about God and every day we'd learn about it. It'd bless our hearts and you didn't have to play nine stanzas of amazing grace to get us going. You mentioned Jesus and we just jumped up, took off. I think, and I got to thinking about it. What happened to me? I'll be honest with you, I died. And I said, Holy Ghost, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And I don't care what anybody, what their opinion of me is. I said, put that in me once again. God, give us revival. It's not that we get better or get to know better. We just get dead. And what we need is somewhere we're laying out on the ground spiritually dead. We need the Holy Ghost to put the paddles of glory to our heart, charge us back up, revive us again. Can I get an amen there? It'll produce rejoicing. But the third thing it does, or the second thing I should say, is there's the relationship revival produces. Will thou not revive us again that we may rejoice in thee? You know what revival does? It brings you back to God. It gets you to God. I was thinking the other day, we had an old chorus, a little chorus called the Watauga Christian Chorus. And it involved many people in the county or some in the county. Basically, it all ended up in our church because everybody ended up at the church. 
And they'd bought a Greyhound bus, and we went somewhere just about every Friday and Saturday night. We sung all over the mountains of North Carolina. Had a choir, probably about 30 in the choir, 40. And we traveled and sing, teenagers and, and adults and whatever like that. And we go to churches and whatever. And went to a lot of those free will Baptist churches over in uh, uh, Roan County and over in there and different things. And we always liked to go to free will Baptist churches because they were usually wild. And they'd usually get tore loose. But honestly, we so while we went some of them, we scared free will Baptists. We honestly did. But you know what it was all about? Everything was we, we just we it was the heart for God. Who I mean, in those days, you never dreamed that you'd ever lose sight of God. I mean, everywhere you turned, it was God in your life. Jesus was real in your life. You never thought about getting over it you never thought about losing your burden you never thought about getting in a rut you had a relationship with God and it was growing every day you know what revival does it brings you back to God are you listening to me tonight you listening to me tonight you know what Temple Baptist Church needs we need God to put the paddles on our hearts We've, we, we, this is a good church. Thank God it's a good church. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. The more I go out and preach, listen, don't you ever get upset me leaving. It's probably the reason I'm still here. Say amen. The more I go out, the more I'm ready to come home. There's two things that, boy, by Wednesday night, I'm hungry for. One, that's get back to Mama, and two, get back to Temple Baptist Church. And, but uh, I, I, God's been good to us. But I'm going to tell you, the bottom line is we need revival here. We need revival. I'm talking about God once again setting our hearts on fire. God once again putting glory in our soul. God once again making Jesus Christ real to us. God once again filling us with a joy that is expressed in how we come to worship. We won't come to church and sit like hoodows in a tree. We'll come to church with a heart on fire for God, loving Jesus Christ. When we come, we're not going to wonder who's here, who's not there, this, that, and the other. We come, our eyes is on Jesus, and all you want to do is see Jesus, and all you want to do is worship Jesus. That's revival. May God give us that kind of revival here. That's the kind I want. That's the kind I'm praying for. If you don't want it, Say, bro, say, Lord, my preacher wants to be a nut. You give it. Let him have it. Praise God. Give me revival. I pray for revival. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to take your prayer sheet. I am glad I'm saved. I want God to take me back. I want him to renew some things in my heart. Once again, fill me with glory. And just loving Jesus Christ again. Our missionary of the week is Rick and Jackie Bonds. We all know Rick and Jackie, and they served here and worked in this church for a while. And we praise the Lord for them and fell in love with them. And I want us to remember them tonight in prayer. Our church of the week is New Hope Baptist Church in Independence, Missouri. David Love, who served here as a youth director for a while. And we want to be praying for Brother David and the church there. And, and God will just continue to bless there in a special way. Then a special request tonight. I want you a couple of special requests. I want us to remember Mrs. Dantzler. Miss Dantzler, we uh, remember her, and uh, many of you have been praying for her. I've been by the home a couple of times a day. She is not doing well. And the nurses said to her the day that in anticipate her making it through the day. But uh, let's remember Miss Dantzler, be praying for her and, and lifting her up, praying for all the family and remembering them. And then also a special request for Roby and Mary Brooks. 
Uh, this is a family in North Carolina. Roby is not doing well, and he's at the point of death as well. Miss Jackson at Siskin, she's improving so well. Let's continue to pray for her. And then Juanita is at Huntsville Hospital, so let's remember them. I want us to close our prayer time tonight just a little bit different. And we often pray for things, and we often look to God for things, and pray for many things. And I think sometimes we pray and we get to thinking that God don't answer prayer. But I want you to know something tonight. God answers prayer. And God is a prayer-hearing God. And God will answer prayer. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, about a woman that teaches us that God can answer prayer. Sunday, I'm going to preach on a woman that teaches us that God can do the impossible. And we're going to look at a woman by the name of Mary. But God answers prayer. And God has answered prayer for us. I knelt in a Sunday school class just Saturday night, my prayer time, and I called one of our members' names out to God. Beg God to touch the heart. And God has answered prayer. Many of you have prayed, and God has answered prayer. And I rejoice tonight that God has answered a very special prayer for us. Brother Buddy Woody, I want you to come. And your family, I know they'll want to come with you. And Buddy wants to share with you tonight his heart. And I want you to open your heart. I want you to listen. I guess it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. You know I've been running from the Lord for about a month. I left home. Last Sunday, about 1 o'clock, God brought me down. I was in my apartment. God brought me down to my knees. Amen. I said, Lord, if you'll forgive me. Lord, if you'll let me go home. I promise I'll serve you the rest of my life. Amen. I called God that morning. I said, I want to come home. And she said, well, come on home, we'll talk. I went home and sat down. I told her how God brought me down. Pastor, forgive me. God forgave me. And she forgave me. Amen. Called the kids. We sat down with Brother Ken. And I want you to know I'm sorry. I've let the church down. I've let the people down. I'm sorry. And I promise you, as I promise God, as I promise my wife, I'll never do it again. And that's all I can say is I'm sorry. But I'm looking forward to serving God. I'm not going to quit. I had quit. I thought I was going to quit. But God wouldn't let me. And I just want to thank him for what he's done. And I want to apologize to the church where I failed. And I want to ask you to forgive me where I failed. And I'm willing to serve God in this church and do whatever I can for him. You can think God does hear prayer. You're the most wonderful people I've ever met. Thank you for all your prayers and cards. Sunday, I'd come to the point I couldn't pray anymore. And I could tell Brother Ken that. I told the counselor that. And I told others, and they said, you don't have to pray. God's carrying you. And God does carry you, and he answers prayer. And I thank you all for your prayers. And I love every one of you. Thanks for giving my home back. 